0: Welcome to the Superman Confidential Podcast. I'm Tom, your host, here to catch you up on the latest bits of news in the world of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. So, not a ton to get to, but a little bit of things. Some updates, mostly on the film side, minor bit. We've talked a lot lately about what is going on with all the changes Warner Brothers Discovery merger, uh, Toby Emmerich being gone, Walter Hamada, the President of DC Films, I believe is his title, in limbo right now. All sorts of different things, but Variety had an article about the future of DC Films with recent changes, and this is, some of this article is rehashing things we know, we've known already, and predicting what is going to happen in the future and what the process will be like, so I think it's mostly, uh, you know, most of this is news, most of this is stuff we know, but I think they had a little bit of original reporting here. And maybe some speculation, can't tell if it's speculation or if it's just information they're getting from sources close to the situation. But Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi, they're taking on a role in WB Films, but they're not going to be controlling DC Films. We already knew that, but they want to have a hand, but they're not going to be particularly in control of whatever DC Films specifically. It's going to be different silos. There's going to be Warner Brothers Films, I think WB Animation, and DC Films And Warner Brothers Discovery, as we know, is looking for someone to be in charge of DC movies and television. Maybe someone to be in charge of everything DC and keep it kind of its own separate thing, uh, which is a a tall task. But there's no timeline or expectation or any real names yet as for who might actually be doing that, uh, assuming they're able to move forward with that. But one interesting part as we get to Superman here is uh, this from the article, and this is a quote. Whoever takes over the division will face challenges, including the fate of Superman. Henry Cavill, who played the part in Man of Steel and other films, is aging out of the role, and the studio has yet to finalize plans for the Superman film that was being developed with a script from acclaimed author Tanahisi Coates. So that doesn't tell us much. I mean, we all, you know, the thing I'm wondering here is, are they saying Henry Cavill is too old or is that something they're getting from the studio? Saying, you know, some exec in the studio, yeah, probably probably not going to be Henry Cavill uh, because he's old. Uh, now, I think most of us would say Henry Cavill's not old. I think he's 39. He's in tremendous shape. I mean, he's built, looks more like Superman now than he did when he was cast 11, 12 years ago, whenever that was, that he was first cast as Superman. Um, and Amy Adams, I think is, is 47 now, but they both could play their roles, lead the franchise for several more films for several more years. I don't think anybody really thinks that's a problem. Um, but from the studio perspective, looking back here, you know, we always think, what is the studio thinking? And if they're thinking of this as sort of a fresh start, then they might be wanting to start with someone closer to 25 or 30 than 40 uh, for the lead. I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong, but we just kind of know how studios work. And if you're wanting to start a franchise, because I think to a certain extent, no matter if you bring back Cavill or bring in someone new, the Superman movie franchise is almost getting a fresh start because it will be... Even if they put a film into production today, it's going to be more than 10 years between films. And you're going to have bring in some fans if you return Henry Cavill. But uh, you might also have some people who don't like the franchise. So I know this is really tricky. But all this kind of tells me is they don't really know what they're doing yet. Uh, From, again, trying to read between the lines. It seems like David Zaslav isn't terribly connected to Henry Cavill or to... The J.J. Abrams, you know, J.J. Abrams certainly, and whatever uh, the Tanahisi Coates film that Coates is writing with that Abrams Abrams is producing. There's been articles about how Zazlove isn't too impressed with Abrams' output, so that can be interesting. That can be good. Um, whenever you've got a new new leadership at the top that could be good who's outside of those things because we all know it's kind of been a mess not knowing what's going on with Superman, not to mention the greater DC Universe over the last several years. And so someone from the outside coming in could say, okay, we got to get this figured out. Let's do something. And it's nice to have someone like Zaslav who might not be, since he wasn't directly with WB and, and most of the executives who were are gone, uh, he might be able to step in and say, okay, He's not worried about the politics of Henry Cavill and Toby Emmerich might have had an issue, or, or Emmerich might not have wanted to work with Cavill. Or this is all me speculation here, but just giving examples, he's not into the day to day politics of what's gone on in WB for the last several years. So he might have a fresh perspective and be able to have a clearer line of sight on what to implement for DC films, or whoever he hires to implement things for DC films you can say the same thing, might be able to have a clearer vision. Now that person, now there could be downsides too, because they might just repeat the same mistakes that past Warner Brothers executives have made, or they might make their own whole new set of mistakes. So it's not necessarily good, but right now this is telling me they don't really have any plans, any, any concrete plans, which we know. And they're kind of open to anything. And I still, last time I kind of suggested, I think, Within the next year, you know, by mid 2023, some point, we're going to have a director or a release date for a Superman movie. I believe that. Whether that movie actually gets made or changed or directors changed down the line, we know from 1987 to 2006 and from 2013 to today how many different twists and turns films getting put in production uh, can take. But I do think we'll have a. I still believe that. I think we'll have a director or release date by the middle of next year. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be good or not but this is all further complicated by whatever is going on with the greater DC universe and the, on film and whatever characters they're using connected to Superman and whatever their plans are for whatever the Flash movie is going to do and all these different things can be complicated are real complications and it's a mess but whoever comes in I hope uh, is able to take a step back and take a look at things and Maybe think how, what's the best course of action for Superman, hopefully. Uh, because even if you love Henry Cavill, you know that it comes with some baggage being a part of that universe. Multiple different iterations, but um, just looking at the Justice League from that universe with Affleck. Gone, you know, he's going to be in the Flash, but he's gone. Whatever's going on with the Ezra Miller situation. Um, there's the Amber Heard situation all sorts of different things with that franchise as a whole that are messy and might it be better to have a clean break and a fresh start part of a shared universe or not Um, I don't know but I still think I do still think sometime in the next year we'll have a, a better idea of the future of Superman on film whether that's Cavill whether that's Coates whether that's someone else um, <clears throat> I do think we will have something uh, eventually and I, I kind of if I had to guess I would say sometime by the end of this year they'll finally have someone in place for DC movies and then one of the main priorities is figuring out what's going on with Superman and the greater justice league and all of that and because again everything all, all of these articles are seem to suggest from the top down that Superman is a priority in the movies so uh, I would not guess the timeline would be something sometime by the end of this year, a new head of DC films or DC entertainment, whatever they want to call, um, all the different divisions. And then they need a few months to, you know, by the middle of next year, have, a have a super plan in place for Superman on film or this the beginning of a plan. Uh, but that is just, just kind of how I see this going, but we know how quickly things change. Um. Uh. Or how slowly things actually change, but seem they change, seem like they change rapidly. Uh, but that's enough for that. Uh, in other news, Zack Snyder's Justice League is finally going to digital in the U.S. on July 19th. I'm really excited about this. This will be the first time streaming outside of HBO Max in the U.S. At least it's going to be available in 4K and movies anywhere. It's been out on disc. 4k blu-ray dvd since last year Uh, but it didn't come with a digital copy or anything like that they've kept that exclusive to hbo max but the last several months hbo max has been putting or warner brothers has been putting some hbo max exclusives onto digital platforms for purchase so uh, this is really cool um i'm glad this is happening i think it's nice to have it you know you've got the physical copy there if you want the best quality in the 4k disc but digital uh, has its advantages, obviously, on the go. I don't need to de- give you details on why digital can be convenient. But that'll be nice to uh, be able to access it anywhere. And for me, I couldn't watch it digitally because I don't keep an HBO Max subscription. So that's really nice. And it makes it easier to watch the film on the go or check scenes. Or, you know, hey, hey if I want to skip around to the Superman scenes, that's really cool. But it is a, it's a win for the consumers, too, to not have things locked behind a specific streaming service. That a lot of companies are doing and that Warner Brothers have been doing until now. So it's nice to have it out there and it's a win for the studios too, because they get money they otherwise wouldn't have. I'm sure they've got spreadsheets that calculate how this will impact sales or subscriptions and all that. But I think it's it's gonna make them money in the meantime. And it's fifteen dollars is the regular price. It's up for pre order now. I think that's a that's a pretty good deal for um for the movie. So I think this is really cool. Uh, there's some digital bonus features, which is there's building a scene, which is, I think, a new thing. And it, it's just six minutes. So it's like a behind the scenes look at how a scene was brought to life, whatever that is. I'm assuming Zack Snyder's talking in that about how they made it or whatever. There's the Road to Justice League, which is 24 minutes. That's been out there already. I think that was on if you have Man of Steel or Batman v Superman digitally on movies anywhere, you can can access that. They retroactively added that to those and it's kind of Zack Snyder looking back on his three uh, Justice League related films uh, and it's coming with Justice's Grey digitally so the black and white version of the film is going to be available as part of a, a digital bonus feature and I think that's really cool too I haven't seen all of Justice Grey I haven't seen it as full I've jumped it around to different scenes and stuff like that but maybe I will finally uh, watch the whole thing now that it is available am going to be available digitally as a bonus feature Animated movie news, Batman and Superman Battle of the Supersons was officially announced. This has been mentioned, I think, going back to last year. There's a trailer on YouTube, which I got to say, the first thing I saw in the trailer was that it's PG-13 for violence and language, which I was a little surprised by. I always talk about how these animated movies, I know they're targeted towards adult and they know their market and everything like that, but I'm always surprised they're not a little more family friendly, a little more um, accessible for younger ages and i think it would be a great way to introduce future generations to these characters but specifically with this one the super sons i, I think the, the whole point of doing a super sons animated movie would be for kids in the five to ten range um seeing it on a, a dvd shelf or seeing it on a digital retailer seeing it on voodoo or itunes and saying hey what's this So it's what are the super sons? What's that? And that'd be a new way to get people into it. So PG-13, I mean, I don't know, maybe this will be perfectly fine for for younger children. And I'm, I'm blowing this out of proportion, but it's a little surprising that you would n- not make it PG or something a little more uh, accessible, because I'm sure this will turn away some people, you know, some parents f- from from buying it or watching it when it seems like it would have been a, a great way to bring in films or bring in people of these characters, but it's got the CG animation and it's a different style than we've seen. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I think some of it looks really cool. Some of it maybe is a little jerky in motion, but that could just be the YouTube trailer. Um, but all in all, I think it looks interesting, and I'm willing to try it out. Uh, it's got Starho taking over the world. Looks like John is going to be 11 year old, 11 years old in this. John Kent. So um, some of the voice cast. Travis Willingham, who did Superior Man in the Red Sun animated movie, is Clark Kent Superman. And he's got a little different voice than I was expecting, but we only got a little bit of that in the trailer, so I'm curious how that turns out. Laura Bailey is Lois Lane. She was also Lois Lane in Justice. Uh, Willingham and Bailey are apparently married in real life, so that's neat. I guess if they're if they're going to be playing a married Clark and Lois, I wonder how they if they add anything extra because, you know, bring anything extra for their voice recordings, um, just chem- in terms of chemistry and that kind of stuff. We saw that with Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine in the Death and Return of Superman movies, so maybe they're going to do, recapture some of that here. Darren DePaul is Lex Luthor. Jack Dylan Grazer, who is known for, as Freddie Freeman, in the Shazam movies, uh, is going to be voicing John Kent. Zeno Robinson is Jimmy Olsen. Nolan North, who, this is a cool bit of casting, Nolan North is... Superman and Connor Kent and young justice. He's done other voice work is jor I think that's pretty neat uh, to bring him back in there. So uh, this is going to release October 18th on all the normal ways, 4k Blu-ray digital, all of that. Um, I'm not terribly excited for this, but I'm, you know, writing down, looking things over. I'm, I'm hopefully can enjoy it a little bit. I really enjoyed the super sun's title during the rebirth era, that whole dynamic, but uh once john was aged up to 17 and then again to um, or, or made given the name superman uh i lost both of those times i kind of lost any interest in the character and it kind of retroactively made me like rebirth a little bit less because a lot of the seeds for that were planted um mainly when he was aged up and and named Superman, anything original or unique about the character was mostly gone. So I haven't, I've been really disappointed in that, but um, seeing this trailer even a little bit kind of reminds me of the, the things I liked about Super Sons in that title and the rebirth era in general, a little bit of other animation, a Ruby Justice League crossover animated movie is in the works I was not familiar with Ruby. It's R W B Y. Other than I'd seen <laughs> that Ruby Justice League comic books existed, a crossover. So there was a 2021 comic book crossover between the two titles. They are available on DC Universe Infinite. I had re- I read the first issue. I took a a leap of faith. I think it was the issue was called "The Farm Boy from Far Away" or something like that. I took a leap of faith that that was about Superman. And I I was correct. Uh, It's very different. Clark is, it it seems like the Justice, I don't know how it works, but it seems like he exists on whatever this Ruby world is, which speaking of Ruby, if you want me to explain it, I am not going to be able to from this one issue or from uh, the summaries I have read, you might do a better job of looking it up yourself. There's hunters and huntresses and monsters, and I'm not, there's a ton of mythology and world building in it that I just frankly didn't understand or didn't uh, connect with right away. But in just the one issue I read, but Clark is 16. He's got a different costume. Um, I don't know what is anything about his real backstory other than he needs to be in direct sunlight to have powers. So it's a very different, it's almost an Elseworlds version of Clark so I don't know what to take of that, but apparently the new film is going to have a completely new story, separate from the comics. So I don't know if it's gonna be I was thinking something more along the lines of like the Justice League Power Rangers crossover comic, where the Justice League is the Justice League we know, the Power Rangers are the Power Rangers we know, and they cross over have an adventure. This comic, if it's like that, there's just full on different versions of the Justice League, you know, completely different characters that take the name and that kind of thing. So I don't know if they're going to go that way or go a more traditional Justice League route or what. Um, but, you know, I think this is cool. It's some animated movies going to release in 2023. I think these crossovers can be fun between different titles. I will patiently wait for um, whenever the uh, rights to Harry Potter loosen up a little bit, and maybe we get a my dream of a Smallville Harry Potter crossover in animation with, Tom Welling and Daniel Radcliffe returning to their roles. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be uh, fantastic if it did. Um, Speaking of Smallville, there is a Smallville rewatch podcast launched by Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent on the show, and Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex Luthor on the show. It's called Talkville, which is an interesting name. They even get into that a little bit on the show. Um, So they're just... Going episode by episode, week to week, rewatching and talking about it for an hour or so. Those two, uh, the, those two are going to lead it. Rosenbaum's done a lot of podcasting in the past, and so this is a whole new trend of TV stars going back and watching their shows and talking about it and starting rewatch podcasts with it. I think it, I don't know if The Office Ladies were the first one, but that was maybe the first major one that became popular and kind of set the standard for that. And so it's kind of this cool thing. Um, yeah, I think it's great to hear them talk about it now, especially as the last few years, Tom Willing has been more open to talking about his time on Smallville and he's gotten some, some great insights and um, shared some behind the scenes stuff and, and has some insightful takeaways from the show. And I'm assuming, well, Tom Welling was a, a producer in the towards the end of the show, so he's probably seen the episodes and has a different point of view, but I'm guessing Michael Rosenbaum hasn't watched he obviously hasn't watched the last three seasons that he wasn't in, and he's going to have to for this podcast once they get there but I'm guessing he hasn't watched the early seasons few, if any, of those episodes so I think that's going to be pretty cool to get their thoughts on the episodes and, and sharing some behind the scenes stuff uh, this is kind of the new bonus features as bonus features go away. Uh, Talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's not a ton there. Superman and Lois on Blu-ray last year did not have a ton of stuff. And so I think these rewatch podcasts or whatever are sort of becoming unofficial bonus features for TV shows. And get a lot of behind-the-scenes information. All that's pretty cool. I'm hoping that Terry Hatcher is planning one for Lois and Clark. Maybe... John Newton, Gerard Christopher, and or Stacey Hajduk we do one for Superboy. Oh, what else? Uh, maybe Krypton one. All, all of those things are cool, but I'd love Terry Hatcher. and Clark one that would, in particular would be really cool. But I think these are great, and I'm excited for it. I've listened to the first episode, thought it was really solid, and it wasn't just them kind of... They shared actual insights and behind-the-scenes stuff. They kept it pretty short, about an hour, and didn't get into the specific plot of the episode a ton which is fine, Um, but they shared some good stuff, and I'm excited for this and hoping that it continues that momentum from the first episode. So, All right, well, I think that is all I have for today about Superman, so thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.